Hey, this is your host, Paul Espinosa Jr., and I'm here to remind you that if you have access to iTunes, we ask that you rate and review the show. That way, we'll be able to climb the charts and continue to deliver bigger and better guests so that we can continue the educated hustle journey. And now, let's start the show. Welcome to the Educated Hustle Podcast. This is your host, Paula Tiberi Jr. and my co-host, Emilio Porter. Emilio, what's going on, man? It's going good, man. Going good. It's always a pleasure to be here as we're rocking the Educated Hustle lifestyle. Little known fact, I'm not sure my, my co-host is aware of it, but we are slowly creeping to episode one, two donuts. That's 100 for those that didn't catch on, you know. You know, we're not ones to toot ourselves on the back a lot, but I really can say that, you know, I'm sure when we first started this thing, you know, 100 episodes was a goal, but we never really thought it could be, you know, the journey to it was not imaginable. But now we're kind of sitting at the cusp, the cusp of it, and it's it's definitely something where I'm just like, yo, I'm, I'm thankful to be here for all these episodes and eventually passing 100 mark. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's definitely slowly creeping up on us for sure. And, uh, you know, we got to talk to some amazing guests. And, you know, it's just been a great experience just learning how to podcast and all the ins and outs that goes beyond it. Because, yeah, like you said, man, it's a tough experience. It, it's, a, it's a grind some days, but it's definitely worth it, you know, to get to 100, keep giving the people this content they, they want, that they desire, uh, and just to continue to do the process, man. So, Definitely looking forward to it, bro. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, we just want to start this episode off with uh, you know, a couple topics before we introduce our guests. Um, so the first one that we're going to talk about today is that the iPhone X looks like it's going to be discontinued in 2018. Um, looks like you know Apple, you know all the hype that was going behind it, it was you know all the different features, the animal emojis. You know, the face scanning features, it looks like all of that really hasn't translated into people, you know, buying it like they did the previous version. So um, Apple's deciding to discontinue it in, the, in this year and uh, replacing it with, with the newest version later on. But uh, definitely want to get your thoughts on that, Emilio. I mean, you know, let's keep it real. Let's keep it funky. Let's keep it 100. It's that $1,000 price point. Nobody wants to pay a stack for a phone. That's a luxury item. You know, I, I for one, I love phones. You know, I'm not the, the high tech guy, but at the end of the day, I just want a phone that's like better than what I currently have. And I don't need to break the bank. And, you know, for me, my newest phone was about 500 something. So I save, you know, I save like an extra 500 that I could use towards something else. Like it gets ridiculous when you can buy like two video game consoles with the money you use to buy one phone. Like, that price point was ridiculous. I can see why that it uh didn't go the way that uh Apple wanted, because, you know, the most common people are people who aren't going <laughs> to drop a thousand for a phone. So you got to know your market. I think for me, the, the funniest moment was, you know, they had one of the Shark Tank guys, you know, one of, I think, I don't know the names, I don't watch a show like that, but it's the bald headed one, the one who's got some pretty good standing. He was like, he has a lot of stock in Apple, and he was saying when they announced the iPhone next, like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm about to make so much money when Apple drops this phone because the people are going to really be wanting this. And then now we are here today. And it looks like the latter <laughs> was uh, was true. So I'd, I know they're going to rebound because, you know, Apple's they're, they're here. It's like Walmart. It's like Amazon. Like they're here. 
But I hope they learned a lesson that just because of their premium name, they can't be charging these ridiculous prices. I agree, man. I think that's where Apple um, kind of took advantage and tried to at least take advantage of its standing in the market where, you know, Apple, iPhone, that's always been the number one phone. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the phone companies are, you know, keeping up with them. Samsung, even Samsung rebounded after their Note fiasco, dropping the new Note 4, which is which is pretty nice. And um, Google's in the phone game. You know, all these different uh, Android devices are... Are are slow are slowly catching up to Apple's features and you know covering the market where the common person can afford the phone and it's not that big a difference. So um, I just and also Apple, it's weird. Apple's been late to the game as far as the tech because it looks like they're dropping their new Home Pod thing and you know Amazon and Google have already you know got a leg up on them in that area. So it's it's kind of weird seeing Apple. You know, being falling behind in the era where Amazon's coming up, where Google's coming up, so it's I, I mean, Apple's been the dominant uh, tech per you know tech company, but it looks like they got some strong competitors in the future. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, you know, when it comes to the phone game, Androids have had some features that Apple has you know later put on or you know hasn't gotten yet. So there's there's still there's still a niche. A lot of people, Apple's a lifestyle, and that's what kind of helps them out. You know, before the Blackberries, you know, went down in flames, they were that business lifestyle, and now Apple is kind of like the business. But yeah, like what you're saying, you know, they're they're sort of some markets, and they're they're getting flat out, you know, outdone in some other markets. But you know, with with, with their saving grace is the the Apple ecosystem because. You know, I would. I only had an iPhone, so I never got to indulge in it. But it's kind of like if you have, you know, your Apple Watch, your your Mac, your phone, the Apple Pie, it's all gonna correlate together to make your life easier. Like I'm sure that home version is gonna get calls, gonna be able to get text messages, gonna be able to do. That's where all the money comes in. That's their big bet because they're like, listen, if you got a Mac and you got a uh, I don't know iphone you might as well stick with what we're doing now because we're the only ones that could offer that full range of connectivity because you know i have a google home but i also got the apple music google home can't do nothing with my apple music subscription <laughs> yeah I, I could try and change the google but it's like you know you know like i said apple ecosystem here with my significant other sophia so it, you know hands are tied so there's a market there's a market it's just kind of like what you're used to and what ecosystem you've invested in Right, exactly. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I mean, we'll see how Apple positions itself in 2018. But moving on to the next topic, uh, the big news of the week is that Vince McMahon is bringing back the uh, XSFL in 2020. Um, Basically, the XSFL, for those who uh, weren't aware of its existence in the past, was uh, kind of like that outlaw league where NFL, you know, people who weren't good enough to go to the NFL would join um, and make their career in this other league that, you know, a, a, it's kind of a different person who wanted to see football, who wanted to see all the crazy hits, the different shenanigans that you can get into. The celebrations were um, celebrated a, a lot more in the XFL. So, uh, but this time around, it looks like Vince McMahon is kind of catering to the people who, uh, want the NFL to be political free, uh, who, you know, their players can't have any criminal record. 
So it looks like Vince McMahon's kind of taking on this uh, position to where he can find that, you know, the NFL ratings are down. Uh, so he found this little market that he can kind of capitalize on. So uh, we're kind of we're kind of looking forward to see what he brings to the table. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the downfall of football is the offseason. You know why it's there, though. Players need to rest rehabilitate. But it's like, you know, there's a lot of people, I'm one included, who who missed that that action on Sundays. And the XFL aims to be that. I think they want to start in, like, January and have a 10-week season. Hope will probably then, you know, culminate into their version of the Super Bowl. I think the market is there. The market is going to be there solely because they're coming out of time where there's no other football competition. So people who, who are really feeling football, they're going to gravitate towards it. The The main thing is always going to be how are they going to pay people? You know, who's funding? How many teams are we going to get? And, of course, what players are we going to get? You know, nobody wants to see, like, your, your local water boy out here trying to <laughs> <laughs> run to the end zone. So they're definitely going to need to bring at least some names that – you know, maybe didn't blow up in the NFL, but at least have that NFL to some degree talent. Um, it's interesting. Uh, this man is a very interesting figure. He runs WWE as well, and he is known for being notorious for not working well with people. He says for this league, he's going to sit back and let, you know, his board or advisors run the show and he'll just be in the background. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm here for sports wise. I think statement and political wise, the no criminal, no criminal records, the no, you know, I think I've just rumored that players have to stand for the anthem. It's going to be interesting to see what people are going to think about that and if they'll care about it. Um, me personally, I love football. I'll be down to watch. I just want to know. Is it going to be here to stand the test of time? You know, it's not here to replace the NFL. It's here to just be like a, another option. So I'm hoping that, you know, with this run, he has a little bit more ground to stand on because the last XFL run, ooh, it was here and it was gone. And there was a lot of stories and scandals left behind. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think it's uh, it's definitely interesting because it's going to rebrand itself into a more family-friendly atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely going after that market. And, and like you said, the key is playing the players. You know, it's a, right now it's a $100 million investment uh, for this business. The NFL is like a multi-billion dollar you know, corporation. So they can obviously pay their players a lot more. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see if the players who didn't make it or are trying to make the NFL go to this league and really take it seriously – um, or if the fans even come out to watch the game. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes, man. I, I, I'm, I don't know if I'm into it, you know, because I, I, I just kind of only watch NFL, but maybe if I'm hearing good things about it, I'll, t- I'll check in and maybe like the Super Bowl or whatever their version of the Super Bowl is, maybe I'll watch that just to see if I can get a good glimpse of it. But as far as a business perspective, it's, it's interesting to see that another football player come in and, try to find a niche and, and maybe the, maybe the sports audience uh is big enough to support both but we'll see yeah we'll see i mean you know the, the main the main thing and people who are looking for this like it's on when a time where there's no football and i know you said that you know it's hard to it's hard to imagine stuff being into it just yet but at the same time you know we haven't really had an option <laughs> to have That's anything true. you know i mean only other options arena football but I know for me personally, the high scores, they, there's too much. I don't want to see a football game and 120 to 100 and, you know, 
10. So I've always been, you know, turned off by that aspect. So this offers a chance to maybe see something with a little bit more, less craziness and structure. But then again, you know, time will tell. Yes, sir. All right. That was the rundown for today. So uh, without further ado, let's introduce today's guest. Uh, that is Miss Andrea Angarica. She's a digital creative strategist. Uh, right now, she's, you know, really cultivating her social media, and her marketing presence in New York, uh, really getting out there in the fashion and music industry. Uh, so she definitely comes on to explain a little bit more about what she does and how she got to where she got to. And I think it's just a, a great guest to have on because, you know, our, we, we usually have our entrepreneurs. We, we usually have our people who start their own business. But I think there's uh, an art to creating your own space or going out on your own and finding your own job in an industry that's so competitive. Uh, you you got to really get out there network put yourself out there i think that's just as hard as starting your own job uh because of all the work that has to go into doing it so she'll definitely explain all that yeah and she was a you know a delight to have one of her old college friends she's also an avocado style alumni you know we had to dig into the well and get you guys some goodness with our our networking connections but yeah echoing everything paul said i mean she's an amazing woman she has went out and you know basically relocated in New York, based in Florida for so long, had no friends, had nothing up there, but, you know, made it work. And she's now at the forefront of marketing campaigns and how she established herself. And just being open of open to her fan base, it's really cool that you have to see this uh, woman who you can basically tell, like, she has it. Like, you know, she's goofy. You know, she's clumsy. That's self-described. But you can tell <laughs> that there is a lot of hard work and integrity in her. And I think it's amazing what she's doing. And I am proud to have her as a not only a guest, but a future Educate Hustle alumni. You will be hearing from her soon. But, you know, not going to hold you guys up too much longer. After a quick commercial break, we present to you Miss Andrea Angarica. And today we have... Andrea Angarico, she's a digital creative strategist. How are you doing today, Andrea? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing well, doing well. Can you, you know, just tell the people a little bit about what a digital creative strategist is? Yeah, so what I basically do is I work mainly on social media and I specialize with fashion and beauty brands and I collaborate with different brands and connecting them with different people who are influences on social media and then finding the most creative way to promote products. And that's dope. And I think the cool thing about that is like, I feel like for young women, especially like with everything they see on social media, the influence, like that would be like one of the dream jobs to have because you're kind of at the forefront of like all the new stuff that comes out and how to really get people to, you know, look into different brands or what they're looking for when it comes to like merchandise and things of that nature. Right. Yeah, definitely. It's an advantage because most of the girls are my peers. So it's like having a conversation with your girlfriends and then trying to channel that on, you know, stuff like Instagram. Yeah, that's dope. I want to ask, though, too, um, you get to manage a lot of campaigns. Actually, some of the campaigns you manage have actually been based in the UK. Could you kind of mm-hmm. tell us, like, what insight goes into that with the UK probably being a, a, a way different culture than what you would experience in America? Yeah. Um, so basically, I work with a lot of fast fashion UK brands, and they specialize on doing crossovers between the US and the UK. So they like to have a balance of both markets. 
So what I do is educate them of what's going on in the U.S. market in order to create sales for them in the U.K. Mm, Okay, that's pretty interesting. And, um, you know, I definitely wanted to, you know, out of all your different experiences and events and campaigns you put on, you know, what are some of the most successful um, campaigns that you put on throughout your career? I think any successful event that I did was probably event based because it creates more of an experience for the people who are fans of the brand. So working with different fashion brands for Coachella or different events like Fashion Week and Art Basel, I found that the most rewarding because I get to see people enjoy it for myself and then them posting it later on on doing a recap on social. Wow. And this guy's like, that's all, you know, local stuff in Miami. So it's crazy to hear, like, you use those things that people kind of go just for enjoyment, actually, like, use that to increase your hustle and make a career out of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. Like, that has made me realize that I want to get more into event marketing and doing more installations and activations for, like, people just like me and even women who are looking for more than just a girl saying that she loves this she loves this lipstick on Instagram. Like that same brand could create a whole experience for buyers just like her. Now, as you mentioned, you, you know, Miami based stuff you went to with Art Bazel, but you're currently based in, in New York. Like how did you navigate up there and get that career you have now after being based in Florida for so long? Uh, that honestly was a journey in itself, but Like after college, I ended up moving back home and I was in that whole post-grad slump, you know, when you don't know what the hell you're going to do. So I ended up picking up an internship just to find experience and not waste my time while I was back down there. And the internship experience actually turned into a full-time job that relocated me to New York. Mm, Okay. Interesting. And, um, that's that's pretty cool that you were able to do that. And I just wanted to kind of get, you know, some some advice from you as far as how did you uh, get into the industry and, you know, what's some tips that you could provide to somebody who may want to do what you do? Um, I would say do your research based off of the brands that you already gravitate towards to. So any fashion brand or media company that you always look to for influence, whether it's different things that you buy or different styles that you like, looking what opportunities that they have present and trying to latch onto those and meeting people through those networks. And those opportunities will lead to other opportunities. I think that's solid advice. Could you give advice on how, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people, you know, feel the way where they, they want to move out of their hometown, but it's such a daunting task and you went and did it from Florida to New York. Like, what advice would you give to people who might be scared to venture out their own state, but still want to have those opportunities at hand? I would say, honestly, don't think too deep about it and just do it. Because even when I found out that I was being relocated to New York, it was kind of this thing where I didn't have much time to think about it. And I only had a month's time to finally tell them if I wanted to move on with the company or not um, in New York. So something like that, I knew that I wanted more than what I was experiencing at that current moment. So I took the jump. Like if you have that strong inclination that you're meant to be doing something else, 
go ahead and take that jump and everything else will figure itself out. Definitely it's going to be hard, though. That. I was going to say, it's going to be a struggle yeah. and a half. But it's definitely worth it along the way. No, I agree with you because I had the same experience just moving out of state, you know, not knowing anybody, not knowing right. anything about the city, you know, so you got to really put yourself out there. To, um, I mean, for me, I'm an introvert, so I, you know, I had to really kind of come out my shell and get to know people, get to know the city, because that's basically what you have to do when you're on your own. Right, exactly. And even taking that jump and then finding an experience like Network through your job, find out where they hang out and then meet people there. So you can kind of like it's a chain reaction of the people that you meet. Yep, I agree. I definitely agree with that. Um, you know, but back to like your your career as far as um, the digital experience you have. Um, a lot of people are, you know, going out and, make, and creating their own communities and trying to get that interaction on social media. I want to know, you know, what's what's some keys to developing that community and and uh, what do you recommend people do to, and you know, keep growing their presence online? I would say that this is something that is underestimated, but more and more people are grabbing onto it. You have to understand that engagement with your audience that you have at this current state is everything like building a conversation with them and showing them that you relate to them because they took the time to like your photo or comment comment on your picture, that shows more appreciation for the people that are already following you and that's only going to lead to more followers like them. I think that's solid advice right there. You can't go wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, it's just dope hearing you say it because it's like, you know, um Going through college together in AK side and then seeing where you are now is so amazing to turn around like you you really, in my eyes, you know, have gotten things together. And it, it's cool to see that you have this passion. You're able to do so much with it, which kind of leads into my next question. As you said that, you know, as I said earlier, we met in college. What advice would you give to the younger generation when it comes to career, health and success? Ooh, damn. I know we got to get we got to get one hard question in there. For right. <laughs> Honestly, when it comes to career, anything worth having is not going to manifest overnight. And you're going to deal with struggles just like how everyone else deals with struggles. And the people that inspire you are dealing with struggles at the moment right now. So what is the word that I'm looking for? I kind of want to say, like, struggles don't surpass anyone. Like, people aren't. You know, people aren't given this golden path where everything's just easy and they and they are the person that they are right now. Like it takes a lot of blood, sweat, tears, confusion, even figuring out, doubting if, if this is actually what you want to do. So notice those things and know that's all a part of getting to like the best person that you're supposed to be in your career. Okay. And um I wonder, on, on your end, you know, talking about some doubts of, of being in this industry, did you ever have that kind of moment? And uh, if you did, you know, how did you overcome that? Yeah, I definitely <laughs> dealt with doubt to very few degrees. I think one of the things first was me moving to New York and realizing that this was this industry was a lot bigger than I thought it was. And there were so many different lanes to take in order to like have this imaginary idea of what success was. So at first I thought that 
what I considered to be like my dreams and aspirations wasn't enough to be to be noticed. So I dealt with a lot of that and, you know, figuring myself out and like who my actual friends were and what kind of network I actually felt a genuine connection to. But it was all a part of experiencing it first and then filtering out what works for you and what doesn't work for you and not looking back. I think that's very, very key. I think a lot of people need to hear that, too, because it's so hard that you're caught up in stuff that's not important and put so much right. value on it that you end up realizing, like, yeah, I should never at all <laughs> been pursuing this avenue. Right. Um, Even now when it comes to events, like... I remember going to every event that I found out about, but now it's just like, okay, what event is actually going to be beneficial and help me out and be like the right networking atmosphere and not just me being there just to be there. Reclaiming your time, right? (laughs) All the way. (laughs) No time to waste right now. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's cool because, you know, on, on social media, especially Instagram, you know, you're very open and you, and you let people into your life and what you're doing. And one of the cool things you've done is you actually have a, a playlist on Apple Music right now called Feel. Could you kind of tell us, like, what inspired that playlist and do you aim to keep curating more in the future? Uh, yeah, um, that's funny that you said that you noticed that I was being open on social media because Feel is actually me trying to be more open on social media because I feel like I don't share my actual emotions enough and I want to tap more into who's following me right now and I because I know that there's women out there too that could relate to the same things that I'm going through so feel was kind of based on picking the songs that I either experienced experienced something that that artist was talking about in that song or I've related to an emotion that was me being vulnerable overall and tapping more into like my vulnerability that's good. Yeah, that's definitely good. Um, so you know, I, I'm glad you're able to, you know, find a find a, a lane to kind of vent and, um, you know, showcase your your emotions. And I know, you know, music is huge to you, and you really love um, the music side of the business as well. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to know, you know, do you see yourself ever kind of shifting gears into the music industry one day? Yeah, definitely, and that's. I think that's why I decided to curate playlists and I want to do that more on a consistent basis because I feel like that's one of the most genuine art forms and that's something that I have always gravitated more towards. So I'm trying to find that balance in fashion and music that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I I think you'll you'll definitely find your voice there because you like like I said from what I've known you've always had that that interest of being out there and expressing yourself whether it comes to style or just um your overall just attitude so I think it's cool that you're actually channeling all that and putting the good use and actually make it into a career. Yeah, I'm trying day by day. <laughs> <laughs> you're definitely doing good things, you know, you know. That's why we wanted you on the show today because we we recognize everything that you're doing. Um, so I'm sure you can agree, like, I don't know what it's been from, from like towards the end of last year and this year, there's been a lot of just, I feel like a lot of female empowerment, a lot of women coming out and doing a lot of great things and getting a recognition for it. Mm -hmm. Just to kind of continue that trend. I kind of want to ask off that, like, 
What was your most liberating moment last year and how have you built upon it since then? Wow. <laughs> um, let me see. Does this have to deal with female empowerment? What, I mean, is- whatever you want to do, I mean, it's, it's your moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I would say probably... I, have, I would probably have to say finally finding time to create an art collective with some of my friends in the industry. And it's mainly women that I'm working with. So building a stronger connection with them to throw events last summer along and it's four of us right now. And we had such a positive turnout to events that were thrown last minute and people that we didn't even know love the whole concept that we were trying to do. So seeing that just made me realize that not only could I create a stronger bond with other women and create like beautiful events, but it was time for me to like actually execute the ideas that been like sitting in my head forever. Dope. And um, it's it's cool that you said that you worked together with people in the industry because that kind of brings me to my next topic about networking in the industry. You know, in your experience what do you think is the key to networking to open yourself up to other opportunities i would say just always have intention and what i mean by that is just like be straightforward with what you want because especially being in new york i realized like people want you to get straight to the point because no one has time to waste like if you have a goal in mind when it comes to networking with someone not only say why you want to network with them, but listen and hear them out on what they have going on so you can see how you can contribute to that rather than just trying to throw yourself onto someone just because you want to be within their realm of people. Boy, that was deep right there. If we had our jump sound, so we would be ringing off to that one. But that was that was deep. It got serious. You could put the air tense up a little bit. Um, <laughs> I wanted to ask. Obviously, twenty eighteen. You know, it, it it really just began, but we're already so so many weeks in, coming to the end of January. Could I just you know ask you, what do you want to be your goal or your theme for this year? I'm trying to pick one. It's hard, right? <laughs> yeah. It definitely is. I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but my theme for this year is to see things all the way um, all the way through. And that's what I said earlier about like just ideas just sitting in my head and thinking that it may not be the time for that idea right now or maybe that I don't have the time myself because I have a full-time job. Or I don't feel like I have the um, right people in my network to execute it properly. Like, just do it and see what it turns out to be, because then it can lead to even a greater idea that will help you along the way. Nice. I like how you wrapped it up at the end, too. That was that was dope. That was really dope. Um, Thank you. Sadly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Glad to know. I was going to say, sadly, we've reached the end of Educate Us Experience, the famous end. But before we uh, do conclude, we have to get you the famous Educate Us a two-piece. That's the last two questions. So Uh the first one is always easy. Can you let the people know how they can reach and connect with you? Yes, you could reach me on Instagram at Andrea Angarica. That's spelled A-N-D-R-E-A-A-N-G-A-R. 
R I C A, and it's not Ann Garcia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got to clarify for that. <laughs> just in case you thought, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There's an Ann Garcia out there that's just missed, you know, very pissed off because they keep getting all the requests that are meant to go to you. So <laughs> I have to have to clarify. And then <laughs> the last question, no pressure, just the last question of the interview. You know, the last words that our audience is going to hear from you. Could you leave us with some parting wisdom? What is my parting wisdom? Hmm. <laughs> Ooh. Actually, could I read something that hit me hard today? I took a screenshot of it. Yeah, please. That's, Hold on. That's, that's unconventional, so I, I'm with it. Let me look in the stash of the things that hit my heart. This is about to be the most concise uh, parting wisdom since you're reading it. <laughs> Trust me, it will help a lot of people's lives. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here it goes. It doesn't matter if it's a relationship, a lifestyle, or a job. If it doesn't make you happy, let it go. Mm, That's strong. Definitely deep. That's deep right there, too. Yeah, I think you definitely set the right tone for the end of the interview, but... (laughs) I tried. I tried. Andre, you've been great. I mean, you just come on here and you definitely held it down. I think we've not only gained a new perspective on just media and, and influencer, influencers and style, but definitely life. I feel like you really come on here and opened yourself up and weren't afraid to let it all out, be vulnerable with us. So I thank you so much for coming on to the show. I appreciate you guys. And there you have it, folks. That was Andrea Angarika giving us her insight into the fashion and music industry from a digital perspective. Emilio, what you think, man? It's cool, man. Once again, we get another AK Psy alumni part of the Brotherhood onto the show. It's been a while, you know. We had we had to we had to sneak them in for the new year, but no, she did amazing. I think it was cool about her that she has a dope job that I know a lot of people, especially young females, really want to be a part of and really want to get into her industry. So it's cool that she's able to kind of break down some facts and give you guys some gems, some real good gems on how to break through and get into it. And it's just cool just being on here, seeing her journey. You know, she's growing up. She's she's doing you know big girl things since we've met in college and it's just dope to see her still out here winning and succeeding and you know i'm just really glad that she was able to bless us with her time i agree man um you know that's an industry that a lot of people say they want to get into but it's always cool to see that she's actually following her passion she's taking the steps you know, she's working for free. She started as an intern and was able to turn that internship into a full-time position that, you know, that really kind of spearheads everything in the future. So, um, you know, it's there's only there's only nowhere to go but up with her. And uh, I'm sure, you know, there's a lot more moves to be made uh, for Andrea, but I know she's going to, you know, get to where she needs to get to. Exactly, exactly. And speaking of spearheading, Let's spearhead to the moment that they've all been waiting for. Yes, the most anticipated moment of the whole educator's experience. How you, yes, you, can reach us. Educator Hustle reaches a variety of different means on social media. We are on Snapchat at Educator Hustle. That's all one word, Educator Hustle. There you post snaps, a little behind the scene videos, get you inspired, ask her what you're thinking, and of course, any tips, suggestions, and feedbacks, and of course, some background on the Educator Hustle episode of that week. We are also on Instagram at Educator Hustle Podcast. Once again, it is Educator Hustle Podcast. There we post little clips and highlights of the episode of that week. 
photos and inspirational stuff. And of course, if you act real nicely with cherries on top and say pretty please, Paul might curate some personalized content for you to help you get inspired. Of course, if you can, please follow us on Facebook. It's easy to do. All you have to do is go to Facebook, type in Educate Hustle, two words, Educate Hustle. You know you reached the right page because you'll see that logo that you guys all know and love. Now, before I continue my plug, and I got to get into some more plugging. If you have not done so already, please rate and review the show on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. It's so easy to do. Just go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, type in Educate Hustle two words you'll see the show logo click it scroll down a little bit to where it says write a review hit that button give us that five star five star treatment write a review title then write the review summary it could be something short as it's lit or something long inspirational and deep ass it's still lit we'll take it all please 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 rate and review the show because when you rate and review the show our awareness goes up when our awareness goes up our guest goes up. When our guest goes up, the episodes go up. But the episodes go up, that means a better show for you guys. So please, please, please rate and review us. Now to get back to my initial plugging. If you have not done so already, follow us on Twitter at educator underscore hustle. Once again, that is educator underscore hustle. There we do tweets, daily interactions. It's also one of the best ways to reach us because it goes right to me and Paul's phone. And then last but not least, if you really feel like that we changed your life, gave you the educated experience, or you want to collab with us, work with us, or just feel like how you can join on the Educate Hustle train, do not hesitate to email us at educatehustlepodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that is educatehustlepodcast at gmail.com. Yes, sir. And as always, bro, you got to lead us out, man. So lead us out. People don't be afraid to take chances, don't be afraid to take risks. Andrea went from Florida to New York on a relocation bid. She didn't think deeply about everything that was going to happen. She just went and pursued her passion, her dream, because she had the opportunity to do so. How many times have you stopped yourself from doing something that you know you're meant to do because you're afraid or you have excuses? Channel all that away, put it somewhere in a box, and just go do it. Live your best life. Life is too short for what is, so don't have what is. Instead, just go out there and be great. Yes, sir. And when you're being great, don't forget, you got to stay educated. Keep hustling.